guys welcome to minefields this is issue number 50 we made it to 50 one of the things that i love about it is that most people say that a small business can't survive its first year we have more than survived and we're persevering in the year of the plague this is my best friend colin this is my best in the friend first colin. year of the plague in the first year of the plague he's in tulsa in colorado springs how you doing man i'm freaking great man i'm still very optimistic about everything i'm still uh enthusiastic about the circumstances we're living in i know a lot of people are having a hard time they are they they have their they have their lives and i've got mine i was i was realizing um i've I've started seeing a lot of people posting their frustrations on facebook and stuff and and uh it makes me glad that i'm not really spending any time on twitter or instagram because i just don't I don't need everybody's morale, you know, edging in on mine and because I'm doing great. Uh, I, I went and I collected more medical supplies to donate uh, yesterday and the day before, and I have them. I'm 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 excited to to offload them if if it turns out that they're needed. I'm not sure that they are. Uh, at, you know, in my locale. And then uh, I've got, I'll tell you the weird thing was I had uh, two different people telling me that they were going to distance themselves even further. And I was like, from me or from everybody? And, I'm, and that happened in the space of 24 hours. Wow. And I was like, okay, one of them is somebody that I've been dating who has decided to uh shut it down because she's not getting the relationship she wants out of me and i'm like um yeah even under the better circumstances we, you should really be evaluating that yeah <clears throat> the other one is you know got she's got kids she's got things to take care of so it's like one of these things where i know that she's stressing on that but me i'm a single guy living in my very confined apartment with enough stuff and all I have to really worry about is myself. I think about my mom. I think about my son. I think about you and a handful of other people. I keep telling people if they've got issues, call me and I will help them. And uh, so far it's worked out really well. How's it going on your end? Pretty good, man. Uh, the only thing I really regret is um, getting a little bit introverted. Um, you're absolutely charging my batteries like Superman in the, our yellow sun at the moment. <laughs> doing minefields. It's, I worry, I'm worried about... Like, about um, comic stores some of the best people in the world run comic stores we've talked about it before yeah I'm thinking like maybe we should start a petition where if you're going to uh if you're if you don't have the money to buy comics but still want to read comics and got an ipad or some sort of tablet that if you're going to get the marvel or the comic uh ideology or whatever the hell it is or uh the dc comics one uh, that instead of paying the regular like flat fee, pay six extra bucks, and those six extra bucks go to like a fund for comic stores to try to stay open that are really mm. str that are really struggling. 
Your comic stores are still open. Go to their websites. They will tell you. Just because they're not getting new stuff doesn't mean they don't already have stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Get that they will, like, Muse Comics is shipping things for a flat fee. Uh, same thing with Iron Lion here in the Springs. Either that or they'll go, they'll, they'll just uh, curbside delivery. <coughs> so sort of, yeah, sorry. Mm. Smoker's cough. Um, also, <laughs> you're not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, also, it's it's just one of those things. If if there's something out there, don't forget they have magic cards. You can you like uh, I had lunch with one of my best friends the other day via uh, FaceTime because uh, we always have lunch together. Uh, little things. I mean, it, it sucks that you can't share the specific meal and break bread because that's a big deal. People don't really understand that that breaking bread with someone is an important thing, as opposed to just some silly. Uh, old ritual um you're sharing a meal it's 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 fulfilling uh even if you're eating different things that sort of thing um the other thing and the other the other thing i regret though is i fell into that tiger king trap and uh, oh yeah i fell into that tiger king trap and oh my god like like i mean like i had i've had people tell me oh you know this is so crazy this is so crazy or another thing is so crazy and i get like 10 minutes into it this is stupid um, because my idea of what crazy is is drastically different from what theirs is. No, they were dead on. Um, the last time, <laughs> the last time something this sleazy and and fun to watch and like was uh, married with children, except without the meth and the and <laughs> the, the the extra. Like I remember seeing like one of these tiger guys go to this other guy and he's got like eight wives and he's like i don't give a shit how he trained these damn lions i want to know how he trained them damn women that's all he cared about <laughs> jeez and then like they show a guy that like apparently was the uh, inspiration for one of the inspirations for scarface which uh doesn't uh actually sounds correct to me from an old article i read with brian de palma and um who's the guy that wrote uh oliver stone pacino it was an, it was a huge interview in playboy from like mm, nine ten years ago Great issue. Who wrote uh, the issue? Who wrote the... I don't know. I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a... Uh, I want to say that, like... God, I want to say Dita Von Teese was on the cover or someone like that. <laughs> and I think it was the I think it was the same issue that had the uh, origin of Michonne in it. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, huh. I'm, I'm pretty positive it was that. Some big name girl was on the front. Um... But yeah, it just it it just got crazier and crazier. Uh, I, I worry about that sort of stuff, like the same way I worried about watching Breaking Bad because it was just constantly watching human misery. Um, Dude, there's a reason why I'm not watching some of my favorite shows right now because they are very oppressive stories and the atmosphere is very heavy, and I don't want that to influence my morale right now. You agreed, know? agreed. You're you're, you're doing yeah. great. Like, but at the same time, I wonder like. Because I, I, Breaking Bad was still well written, you just couldn't get away from it. But it was hard hmm. because it was such never watched non, a minute of it nonstop human misery. But who are these people that are watching these sort of movies and, and it makes them feel better? Um, what Tiger King? Uh, no, I mean like Breaking Bad type thing. Like, I mean, I, can, I guess I can I can relate in a way because I watch Eight Millimeter is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> I've heard enough about that one. Just be, it just sounds horrible, horrifying. Yeah. Not that the movie sounds horrible, just like a situation. Correct. I don't want to. I Correct. don't need to. I need that to get in my brain. Correct. You I think some... that. I think that the compulsion, like I love Battlestar Galactica, and that's a very heavy show. 
where nobody is ever really comfortable. Nobody is ever really happy. And uh, there's a particular sequence in that series where uh, the chief, who is kind of the engineer, but he's really the de- he's really the head deckhand of the uh, launch deck, is talking about what he's lost by, you know, his wife was just killed. And, uh, and he's thinking about the woman that he was really in love with earlier in the series before she was killed. And everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry your wife is dead. We all liked her. And he's like, she was awful. She, she was very rude. She was very mean to me. You guys think she was so nice. Now we're, now we're left with the, we're, 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 we're choosing the best of what's left. And I was like, dude, that, that whole show turned a corner for me in that moment. It was already pretty heavy. And when it got to that, it made me really think about what we would be left with if everything that we're dealing with in this world right now goes totally south. You know, because it already felt tough. So there's, before that, so there's this aspect of my mentality that looks at these types of shows where nothing is going right and everybody's uncomfortable and saying, you know, hey, you want to see it get better for these characters. You want to see something pan out, something work out. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's there to tell you that, like, you, if you give up, if you just stay on your couch in your sweatpants for a week, you're going to lose that job and things are going to get worse for you. Yep. So you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep going. You've got to find a reason to drag your ass out of bed and not just go to the couch, but to get cleaned up, fix your freaking hair, put on your makeup, eat something decent, and pace yourself. You're li- you have to pace yourself in your life. You can't just... You're not going to hit that that home run every day and then the credits are going to roll. Dude, I'll tell you what. Because last year, at the end of the year, that's all I felt like I wanted to happen. I just wanted to get upset and walk off into a lake and disappear for the credits to roll. And it's, felt that you can't, a million times before, brother. I it's understand. awful. It's an awful thing to feel like that. And... Uh, and now this is happening. And I feel like I can be a bright, shining star to help people with their problems with morale. And that's why I say it. If you guys are worried, if you're frustrated, if you're concerned, if you just need to vent, A, dude, I know you could, you could get away and you can pick up a book for just a few minutes. And if you can't, that's all right. You can walk away and you can have a phone call with somebody. Call somebody important to you and just talk to them for a second. Ask them how they're doing. And then unload on them. It's okay. Right now, this is it. This is that time. It's Dude. like it's like Dan, Ra- not Dan, rather. It's like Peter Jennings, I think, said after September 11th. You know, I know he he was he was on the air, and they're supposed to remain objective. But at a certain point, he was like, "Look, this has been a horrendous day, and a while ago, even I managed to break away from what we were doing here." And I'm totally paraphrasing this. And I called my children and I told them that I loved them. And I'm like, dude, yeah, you have to do that. Dude, it's, and been, I, it's, uh, it's been happening. And I, I, I'm, I'm interrupting you to testify to your, oh, yeah. to, your, to your postulation there is the fact that I have had so many of my homeboy and homegirl wrestlers reach out to me just to say, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, killer. That's how, wonderful. How you doing? Don't you miss wrestling? I sure as hell miss wrestling. You think it's going to be okay? It's going to be okay, brother. It's going to be okay. Hey, WrestleMania is on Saturday. Whatever that's going to be like. Yeah. Is it Saturday or Sunday? Did they reschedule it? 
I thought it was on Saturday. Let's double check that. I don't want to lead anybody Rest, astray. I'll, I'll look that up. But tell me what. Yeah, tell me all about. Yeah, it. WrestleMania is usually is always on a Sunday. Um, but if they're uh. going to change it, um, I, I hope they're doing their best to. Um, it, it's it's one of those things that I, I was actually slaving over today when I was washing my hands for the thousandth time, even though I haven't watched went outside. Um, was okay. So right now, all sports is canceled. XFL is done. That sucks. Um, NFL is <laughs> not happening right now, but basketball's done. Wimbledon's canceled. WrestleMania is shot in. You few saw, few you saw the cover of Sports Illustrated. I sent you a photo of that earlier. Yeah, today, that, right? that, that was powerful. Just a, a photo of empty bleachers. And um, uh, what I'm getting to is the the wrestling industry. If if you're a promoter, uh, you've got a responsibility to your wrestlers. Right now, uh, CSW. Uh, the New Era, Rocky Mountain Pro, the dudes in Pueblo that I forget the name. I'm really sorry. Um, uh, respect Women's Wrestling. Uh, everyone is doing it. Shows are canceled because they want to take care of their crowd. They want to take care of their wrestlers. Uh, however, I was thinking about it from a different perspective when it came to WWE and AEW right now. AEW uh, made the uh, tremendous effort to hide where they were filming yesterday. Um, this is a this is a um, Thursday, and uh, they filmed it yesterday live. But they made an effort to hide where they were filming so fans wouldn't show up and and maybe get someone. Oh, sick. that's nice. That's uh, awesome. The the wrestlers are pretty much on a I am or not going to go show up basis, whether or not I'm comfortable. Uh, the thing about it is, AW is a floundering company. Are we going to keep performing? Yeah, is we're it keep performing? Yeah, they're going to keep performing. No, they're no, gonna... they're floundering. No, they're not floundering. I, I didn't flounder. I meant fl- uh, fledgling. Foundering? Fledgling. Fledgling. Okay, thank you. I was like, so, wait so, a sorry, minute, wait. So, oh, let's really ascertain so, what we're fl- saying fl- there. Fledgling. Fledgling. Fledgling but, company. But there's no sports right now. And people mm-hmm. need sports. People need heroes to cheer for. They need their dudes that they got their back to hit a home run or do like the pop-up powerbomb that you just can't wait to watch. But wrestling is delivering right now and it shines a bright light to me in one specific reason is because especially we we're talking about about 9-11 was that the smackdown what smackdown yep. after 9-11 was the first live sports event that's to, right to happen after 9-11 and i i have watched the i've watched Vin, Vinnie max vince mcmahon's speech i can never hate him because of that no even if i, I know I, that was an incredible speech from a true American, no matter what you think of him, true blue. No matter what, yeah, no Red matter what meat. you think of that guy as a business person or as a human being, the guy is a solid American who understands his country and understands uh, capitalism. Well, did at the time. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm happy. <laughs> Maybe anything. so, but yeah, uh, that was a, an inspiring speech. To, it was to a great moment to yeah. gather people in in defiance of the fear that everyone was worried about whether you're worried about the Taliban or Al-Qaeda, and you're learning all these new words like collateral damage, and uh, I don't know where I stole that from. But that's from Targets something. of opportunity. <clears throat> Tar- yeah. My God. Yeah, there was and, a lot of new vernacular. And then and then Lillian Garcia gets up and belts out oh, the fall. best Star Spangled Banner I have ever heard. It hits that F yes. note like a sumbitch, man. Let me tell you all, this is on YouTube, and if you, if you want to see something... Like this, that's, you know what gets me? We did, we did a commentary track on Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. The, the rampant nationalism, the like, oh, we're going to go out there. We're going to get it. 
Like, that's what that moment was. You remember, like, America was all together. We were all standing by to see what we were going to do next. We had an Correct. enemy. We were angry. We were frustrated. We were we were hurt. But, like, we all knew what we were going to do. And right now, we need a lot of that patriotism. Uh, I Get on YouTube and find this, everybody. The first SmackDown after, after September 11th. The, it's uh, just powerful. It's interesting that you say enemy, because there's no one we can truly blame right now about the the, the pandemic that's happening right now. But the reports uh, are intelligence agencies reporting back that China not only hid the numbers, but drastically didn't do what they were supposed to do at first. I have had a you lot can't of trust. You can't trust a totalitarian regime to let the world know because they—it's so important for them to control their press. Correct. Remember, remember how long the Russians took to actually admit to Chernobyl? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we've got that going on. Well, let's say the Soviets, anyways, not necessarily the the, the Russians. The Soviets. A good way to put it. What worries me is I've had a lot of uh, my customers mention their anger at China, and. It's like it, it's an ignorant thing to do to blame the Chinese. Uh, it's it's a it's a one percent country, probably even less uh, of people that are actually in control over billions of people uh, that had no idea what was going on or had any control over what was going on. And um, it's not that uh, the the Chinese people are not to blame. Uh, I don't. Of course not. Of course not. No, they're they're people just like us. And you know, we found out early. We got lucky. Uh, things could have been way worse, but um, I got kind of a survivor's guilt thing going on because I was considered essential. I was sent home as fast as possible with given the opportunity to leave without getting paid or borrowing against my future PTO uh, during however long until I got my work from home stuff. I braved it because they, uh, they separated everyone so far away. There's someone constantly sanitizing things. But then I see how many uh, millions of Americans filed for unemployment, and then the worst thing is that, in, in my one of my, in, in not one of, one of the worst things in my opinion, is that the people that are furloughed uh, are getting fucked because if you're furloughed, you can't file for unemployment, which means your company doesn't have to pay that out, and you know, too bad, so sad. Um, I, I'm not worried about my bills right now. I, I am in a in a way, but so many other people are worried about their bills, and we're talking about comic books of all things. Um, the reason, and this is something I, I was thinking about all day, what to, to try to hammer home and, and try to make you all feel better. We're here for each other. We have different ways to communicate. We have different ways to pump each other up, different ways to interact in some sort of way, whether you want to order something uh, off eBay or send someone a pizza. Um, but your friends are there for you. Um, stay safe. And we talk about comics because if you're like, oh, the, someone would negatively say, sorry, I'm, I'm going so long on this friend. I apologize. Um, just trying to deliver a point that no matter what, it doesn't matter if it's the end of the world or this is a brief little hiccup, the one thing that will always stand and what is always needed other than food and air and clean water is stories. Oh yeah. I love that meme. I keep seeing float around online, you know, when all of this happened Keep in mind that while you're at home reading your books, watching your shows, and getting online and looking at content, it was the artists and the creators who satisfied you. That's morale right there. It is. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And I'm glad we're, 
We made it past the one-year mark, dude. We made it. We're at 50 episodes. That's just 50 of the regular comic book episodes. I'm looking at that. We've done... Oh, there's all the other stuff we've talked about, too, so... This is going to be our 107th show, actually, uh, including mm-hmm. all the original stuff, the Star Trek stuff, the Picard stuff, the, the simulcast, Ninja Turtles, Starship Troopers... Um, Everybody, I guarantee you want a you want a major pickup right now. Watch Starship Troopers, okay? Don't watch it with your kids unless they're old enough. But uh, it's a very rated R movie. Uh, a little, a lot of nipple action, a lot of a uh, little bit of nudity in a, in a lot of places, and uh, a lot of horrendous, horrendous uh, special effects gore. Mm. Go there though. But dude, yes. Yep, and uh, yes, and WrestleMania is. Uh... Saturday, it is Saturday. April, it is Saturday. Saturday. April first, uh, April fourth starts at six central, which is confusing because it well yeah because it's usually WrestleMania is like seven eight hours like not including the pre show and that sort of thing. And well, it you, says it's going into Sunday. Well then, shit, let's do it. Uh, the other thing is is uh, the wrestlers. If you're listening to this and you're out there braving it for our entertainment, uh, thank you so much, and I support you, Roman Reigns, for boycotting it because of his leukemia um he's worried about his uh his immune system it's completely his compromised immune system compromised. yeah i i wouldn't show up for I, like with with the things he has on the line the kind of guy he is and the kind of a family man he is i wouldn't risk any belt or any appearance for the time that i need to be a provider you know for Agreed. my family Agreed, and just uh, it, hopefully we've got some wrestlers that may, maybe are bored. Hopefully we can get some more uh, listeners out there. But we love you, and everyone that's working hard, we love you too. And uh, all you fast food workers that are still braving it for you, you ever see the long lines around like Popeyes and Chick Fil A? I mean, you can't go in, but they'll, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's still there's still people that'll give you a damn crispy ass chicken sandwich, and I am damn grateful for it. And I hope everyone's tipping extra. I have gone to, uh, uh, oh, sorry, I'm walking away so I can, <laughs> my, my headphone speaker cable is very, or my headphone cable is extraordinarily long. I was going over, over here to grab some more tea. Uh, nice. Yeah, I have barely gone out to get any food. I did go to a, go to a hideaway. Oh, man. Dude, I needed that hideaway. Incredible. I went to, uh, I don't know if anybody knows what that is. If you're from, uh, Oklahoma, I don't know if they have any out-of-state places, but no. you know, it's, a, it's a really good pizza place. Norman uh, and Stillwater, w- baby. Norman and Stillwater. Oh, Norman Stillwater, Tulsa, Oklahoma City. I don't know where else they've got got it right that. now. I love oh, that man. hideaway. I love the hideaway in Norman. Mm-mm-mm. Went to hideaway. I've been uh, picking up Chinese food once or twice. But mainly I've just been cooking for myself, and that has been phenomenal. Uh, just exploring new concepts. Anyway, in taste, what comics in you got? Man? Let's, let's talk about some <laughs> comics, dude. Okay, let's see. I've got the, actually. I, I've got the list here. I already got the whole list. All right. Read, I want to read, read mine. First. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna read mine, dude. I got Marvel, or I got yeah, Marvel snapshots. Fantastic Four number two. I've got Jessica Jones blind spot number six. I've got Falcon and Winter Soldier number two. I've got uh, Archie, what number is this? Number 712. It's Archie and Katie Keene, number three of four. Actually, I think this is a little bit 
It's the May publication date, but I think that this one was out for a week beforehand. I don't know. I don't remember when I picked this up now. Uh, and then I've got uh, Road to Empire, The Kree Scroll War, number one, which I um, cannot recall. Is this a one-shot or not? No, I, 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 I think it's part of a... I think it might be either a prelude or a prelude yeah. one-shot or, or a... Uh... Or the one of before you get into like the actual yeah. <clears throat> empire number one. So yeah, it's the it's this. I'm gonna say it's the uh, galactic summer event that's coming down through Marvel. And honestly, uh, yeah, it could be completely awesome or it could be totally frustrating. It's just dodgy, you know. It's it's really questionable what they're doing with those characters. I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit. We'll talk about it when we get there. What have you got, buddy? We've got Immortal Hulk number 33, Legacy number 750, Analog number 10 from Image, uh, Ghostbusters year 1 number 3 from IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 104 from IDW, X-Men number 9, Justice League number 43, The Flash number 752, Wolverine number 2, and X-Force number 9, baby. Holy crap, dude. That's a load of stuff. Dude, I read more. Uh, those are the... There's. Uh, <laughs> I read more. Um... Yeah, I, shit, I like, had so much time in between calls that I read the entirety of Planet Hulk, so I'm on the jazz. And uh, On the jazz! See, the I jazz. like that. That's way better than Cool Beans, and I'm pooped. I'm on the jazz! Alright, I'll just steal more lines from the A-Team and various other 80s television shows to please you. As we all should be. <laughs> we should all be ripping off c- cute lines from Quantum Leap, Magnum P.I., uh, Miami Vice. Knight Rider. Dukes sure, of Hazzard. totally, totally. Knight- Do, you know what? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now. Uh, I was uh, when I was driving into my uh, props storage lockup day before yesterday uh, to find my stored medical equipment. Um, <laughs> I heard the Dukes of Hazard theme song, and I was like, nothing could because this this place is not in Tulsa. It's not in a huge metropolitan area. It's in a uh, it's in a little tiny offshoot in, town. It's in Hazard uh, County, baby. It's, it's <laughs> not quite. Not quite. It's not in Kentucky. Uh and uh but the the, the first line was straightening the curve, flattening <laughs> the hills, and I was like, be like the Duke boys, straightening the curve, flattening the hills. I've got to make a meme of that. I totally forgot. My, f- uh, my favorite meme of them was from like five years ago when all of a sudden uh, it was popular to hate the Confederate flag, uh, and it was a photo of uh, the, Duke, the, Duke, the Duke boys standing by their car and like the 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 on the General Lee the, they've got a big giant Confederate flag on the on the, the hood of the on, car. The, on the roof on yeah. the roof on the roof and it's it's blurred out like Japanese porn, <laughs> <laughs> very pixelated, <laughs> extremely pixelated. <laughs> like 16 pixels. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about X-Force number nine real quick. Let's do uh, it. Let's do it. Let me pull this issue up. Let's do this. X-Force number nine. Guys, this is a knockdown shootout. If you know it, the difference, if if you're confused or haven't read an X-Force book since the 90s, um, X-Force has become a covert group within the X-Men that they, they carry out uh, pretty much assassinations and... The, they're the covert group, and um, who's who's a, who are the members then? There's a lot of different members right now. We're looking at Wolverine, Kid Omega, Domino, Beast. Um, sometimes really yeah. Beast. Yeah, Beast is the Beast. That is, doesn't seem right. Beast is the eyes on the ground or the eyes on the sky guy. He's the 
He's the guy. He's that, the guy in the chair. He's the guy in the chair that like, what's going on, Beast? Tell me what you're reading here, because uh, we're we're seeing something. <laughs> this is number nine, and uh, let me pull up the credits before I get too heavy into it. Issue number nine: Greener Pastures. Benjamin Percy, writer. Joshua Kassara, artist. Dean White, color artist. VCs Joe Caramagna. Letterer, Tom Muller, design. Justin Weaver and Edgar Del- Delgado, cover artists. Uh, Edgar Delgado. Uh, so Good stuff. This is a covert group. you got to realize what's going on when you see anything in Krakoa right now because it's a mutants only, and it's not like something that's strictly enforced. Like, every now and then they can sneak a human on. No, Krakoa won't let it happen. If you're not a mutant, you're not getting through the gates. You're not getting into it. Uh, even Kitty Pride couldn't get there. Uh, there's there's a weird backstory that in, um, in the pages of uh, Excalibur and the Marauders about that. Um, you, you see him in a bar. It looks like this hippie bar. Uh, it's it's garden themed. There's a, a stream in, around it. You see Apocalypse sitting there having a drink, sitting with a Marvel Marvel girl in her in a, her old school uh, Marvel girl outfit. Uh, we're wait a minute. About, wait a minute. Is it legit Jean Grey or is it like a time the time traveling Le- one? Legit Jean Grey, Scott standing there. Uh, what? When yeah. did she come back? Like, get back to that later. I want to know when yeah. she came back and how. All right, you see Man at Arms. You see one of the greatest parts of the X Men comics right now is that they are have gotten to a point where all the books are so intertwined, and because Krakoa is such a big island that they're and they're able to resurrect everybody that. They have so much fun with so many background mutant characters. Uh, you, you see uh, Gambit and Rogue sitting there having a drink. You see uh, Nightcrawler stealing a bottle, uh, bamfing from behind the bar. Uh, <laughs> you see, yeah, you see... Uh, but Apocalypse. again, not in Unus the Untouchable, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you see uh. Multiple Man. You see Multiple Man passed out and Havoc is laughing and pointing and Polaris is, stand- is sitting there at the same table, pissed off, looking away. You see Banshee there. You see, uh, uh, wow, uh, Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian, um, why am I forgetting his last name right now? Um, Hellfire Club guy. Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw is having a drink, having his legs dipping in the stream. Uh, wow, there are multiple men hitting on multiple women throughout the bar. Emma walking in all fancy. <laughs> I mean, it, this, this is a wonderful splash page. And in the back, you see Dazzler singing her ass off, put on a light show. And you see dudes uh, taking off with people in the background, uh, people making out in the corner. I mean, it's a lot of fun. But the the one thing I want to talk about, this is a, not, this is, this is a covert mission, but it starts out with a, a good moment of happiness, which is surprising to me because you don't really see moments of happiness in X-Men in, in, unless it's once a year after they finish this big storyline. And they get four pages of happiness, and then uh, a week later, the next issue comes out, and then the next big baddie comes in, and everything's ruined. Uh, you get to see a lot of them actually frolicking. Not that that's a good thing, but it's it's nice to see this many X-Men and them having that much fun with so many different X-Men throughout the years. But my favorite part of this, it starts out, because we we've seen Dakin like, maybe once or twice in the background. Mm-hmm, or Dakin, mm-hmm. depending how you want to say Love it. Love Dakin. I love him. Love him. Well, him, him and Wolverine are sitting at the table. Uh, Colossus is standing there. Mystique is standing there laughing. And uh, <laughs> they're having a, uh, a Russian roulette contest. Both of them have their forearms to their temples. And uh, they spin a bottle. And it lands on Dakin. And he's like, shit. And then pop. Snicked. Side of his brains comes out the other side of his head. 
and they pick him up. They're scooping up brains while he's slowly recovering. <laughs> and Wolverine's being a good dad. Like the the point. Like you, you never would have seen this ten years ago. Dakin hated him. Hated him. It was like the well, the quintessential yeah, how, thing about it. How did Dakin come back? They haven't shown it yet, man. Unless there's been. Oh, a com- okay. I, I've read every X Men comic since. Uh, wow, I want to say. I want to say I've probably read 98% of every X-Men comic that's come out since 2008. And hmm. every now and then one will slip through me because it just looks dumb. But since uh, the uh, Powers of X, House of X came out, I mean, I've been I've been studying it. And so that's a lot of fun. So just check out that good scene and then lead into an even better scene. And you see, uh, you see people from Generation X mouthing off. You see... Uh, we get to South America, and there's a, a rogue bio-entity evil ex-god in the Mayan ruins. Like, why not? Let's have some fun. Um, <laughs> l- longer than I expected on that, and I apologize. Uh, oh, no problem. Uh, just real quick, uh, Wolverine number 2 is a good runner-up. Check that out. Uh, Andy Kubert, back on the pages. Um, wow. X, X-Men number nine to, I guess I should have just introduce it as our typical X-Men, X-Men minute. I'm not going to go into Excalibur or the Marauders or the Hellions because those were decent, but, um, when I, when you're forced to pick X-Men number nine, this is an exercise in nostalgia and new ways to tell X-Men stories, uh, an exercise in using, uh, many X-Men that you're not used to. Um, a new story for a, a, a group of people that, or, or beings that you wouldn't think have, would have anything anything to do other than the, uh, a sad old story that um, most people don't give a shit about. I'm talking about The Brood, Jonathan Hickman, writer, uh, uh, Lineal Francis Yu, artist, Sunny Go, color artist, VCs Clayton Cowles, litter, Tom Muller, design, uh, Lineal Francis Yu, and Sunny Go as cover artist. Uh, we left off on the number eight, where the brood are after the king egg, and we find out what the king egg oh, is yeah, in right. this. The king egg is actually something that has been uh, been worked on by the Kree Empire for thousands and thousands of years. When an accuser is approached by his uh, minions, that they found a, a different species that might be a viable weapon against the scrolls. Uh, the Shi'ar, I mean, like, like, and they, they, uh, commune with the, uh, got the high, the high, uh, high, not high evolutionary, what's the giant head in the jar for the Kree? <laughs> supreme intelligence. The supreme intelligence, and they describe what it is, and psh, weapon approved, and they're like, okay, we're gonna start working on it. That's like 8,000 years ago, and they realize that the brood is a matriarchal society and the way they're going to fuck them up and take control is that there's no king. So they make the egg and all all the all this they they break down the society of the of the brood. Uh, again matriarchal, the different types of warriors, the drones, the queens, the emperor, empress queens and everyone is coming for for this egg. And the X-Men figured that out that they needed to get it off planet um they take off. They end up encountering the Star Jammers, who are getting fucked up by the uh, this particular accuser. I can't remember his name. Uh, Gladiator shows up with Kid Gladiator, and he's like, "Hey, we need the. We're gonna need that." And he's like, "Hey, Dad, uh, remember how uh, you always um, kind of douche out on us hanging out and um, you know go go on these missions?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, well, I'll forgive you if you fuck this guy up for me. And the smile on Gladiator's face. <laughs> and uh, he does it. I mean, just the, the, the 
just watching the gladiator pwn this this Cree accuser, his 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 hammer's broken. But who is it? Who is oh, it? Oh, is it, Cor- it can't be Korath. He's not an accuser. No, he's missing an eye. Huh. All right. Uh, let's see. I, anytime they invent a new accuser, it's fascinating to me. It's like having a whole new, I don't know what, like a starship in Star Trek or something. It's just like, or a new rebel ship in Star Wars. Oh my gosh, we got something else to pay attention to finally. The Kree accusers are a fascinating bunch. Even if they invented a guy in an issue just to kill him, I'd still be like, okay, cool, that's a whole backstory. Because like the Kree accusers should be as big a deal... As the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, who yes, they get invented in one issue and then get killed because, he's not named. and then he's not named. Ah, oh, that's de- named. that's depressing. Okay, he's, that's too he's bad. not he's not named. I like the mystery. I like the fact that he's eight thousand years old. I love the fact that they're trying to figure out weapons on the on the weirdest scale to, to fight their enemies. And uh, so the the meat potatoes here is rather than a regular knockdown drag out. X-Men, where it's eight, nine, ten pages of don't know where to look because this battle is going crazy. It's nothing but splash pages. Hickman utilizes uh, love of Cree. I mean, why not? Like, we're, we're finally in a, in a... I can imagine people in the 70s and the early 80s or even late 80s just wishing we had more Cosmic Marvel. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's Cosmic Marvel got its best run in the 70s. When you had all of the kind of all these dudes doing it, like dropping acid and figuring it out, and you know going crazy with it, uh, what Jim Starlin in particular, um, yeah, they really it really set the pace for what it was all going to be. But it was like Frank Zappa, like the most of the world wasn't ready for it. Like, yeah, okay, you can say Frank Zappa is a good artist. You may have heard one or two of his songs. I sincerely doubt that ninety nine point nine percent anyone that's listening to us uh, would be able to tell us a Frank Zappa album name or a song at least i couldn't um he did slippery when wet that's what i remember nice well even then okay so you're the point one um no no no. that was a bon jovi album i'm just kidding you son of a bitch <laughs> uh we're gonna talk we're gonna talk later on about mentioning mentioning stupid bands uh <laughs> on our i do show. it all the time on our I show do it all the time all bon right, so- jovi i didn't say winger okay i said bon jovi winger oh man all right, so we see we see the X Men show up. We've got the egg. Accuser uh, wants it. Cree's there, and at the same time, the Brood is advancing quickly. We see a great battle. We see havoc. We see Star Jammers. Uh, we see uh, Shi'ar, Kid Gladiator, really knock down drag out. Uh, I still love seeing Marvel Girl, uh, Jean Grey, and her old Marvel Girl with the the green the the green miniskirt with that Wolverine esque uh, eye plate. Face yeah, what mask. do you call that? A tiara, maybe? Not even. It's it's a mask. I mean, it's the same. It's almost the same thing that Scarlet Witch wears, except with the the eyes. Yeah, correct. And um, all of a sudden, the brood stop, and uh, we see our uh, little mini hero from issue number eight, the brood, the the smart brood, the uh, the one that's part of the X Men, the one that's not. Wanting to uh, eat people's brains. Uh, we are talking about Mr. Where is his name? God. Mr. Brew. And uh, all of a sudden the, the fight ends. And all the drones pull start. They don't start retreating. They just stop. 
like in the uh, like in uh, the Matrix uh, uh, Revolutions when all the sent- uh, Sentinels are about to make it into Zion, all of a sudden they stop, and you don't know why. And uh, these... yeah, <clears throat> I know. Okay, we won't talk about that. No, no, no. There's a reason. I the the very it, it calls to mind a concept that I'm super bored of, but at least in the Matrix it made sense because okay. so yeah, you know what I got to say. You know, what yeah, I'm I, I know what you're getting. Go for it. Go for it. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Remember, no, it's fine. Uh, remember in um, the Mandalorian when he gets that egg and he brings it to the uh, one of those Tuscan Raider guys? Not the Tuscan Raiders. The uh, why am I so spacey today? I, I'm on the, the, the Jawas. The Jawas, and they break. Over I don't know. The I egg. slept through the Mandalorian <laughs> twice. <laughs> they break. They break into the egg and start scooping out its gooey, yolky goodness, and there is a uh, brew eating it. And uh, they they finish it because for the first time ever, the uh, brood have a king. The first ever. I, d- I dig. I love it when you see something like that. If you go back into, uh, that's such a, a an excellent plot point. That's a really cool direction. Um, it begs the question, like when you get into Star Trek, you look at the the Borg Queen and you wonder, you know, why do they even need a queen? And there it makes kind of sense that they would have a queen, but like. It was Locutus a king. No, he was a counterpart. But right. it's not like he didn't influence the circumstances or whatever else. And then you you get into uh, like Robotech. The, 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 you have the Regis and the Regent of the Invid. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that that didn't have anything to do with the original uh, Genesis Climber Mospita. When you look at Robotech, they created the idea of the Regent to be the bad guy for the sequel series, the Sentinels, that they were going to do. And the idea that the two, like the, the, the race of the Invid split off in two directions. I would be fascinated to know what they end up doing with this, with the Brood King. Because you got to recall, even in Marvel, go back a little bit farther into the cosmic stuff with the Badoon. And you've got the Brotherhood of the Badoon. You've also got the Sisterhood of the Badoon. Which has only been tacitly mentioned uh, in any of the material that they've done in the last five years. I'm glad you, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you see it that way uh, because <clears throat> even though there's a bunch of weird stuff happening in our society right now, I'm glad I don't really have to worry about whether or not someone gets pissed if I'm like bringing up bad gender issues or something like that or whatever the hell you want to put it. Uh, this is the reverse of what anyone five months ago would have wanted to hear that was super liberal uh, um, feminist or a, a, a... I know. Isn't uh, it an astonishing situation we're living in that we have something more realistic to concern ourselves with? We're, we're dealing with life or death. Yep. And we're not sitting here wondering whether or not my white, single, Christian, uh, male... All of that, like, straight, everything that I am, everything you want to quantify me as, like, am I the bad guy anymore? No. I'm going to come in and save your ass if I can save it. I don't care who you are or what you're doing or whether or not you like me or hate me. It just doesn't make any difference now. We're all in this together. I would hate to think that the best thing that comes out of this is a source of of understanding across us all and we needed some people to die because of it. But yeah, man, I mean, here we are. That that book, like, it's... what? Where are they going with it? And how long ago did they plan this? That's what I want to know. I'm, how do they... How, 
I'm loving it because we're talking giant brood we've never seen before or interacting in this battle. I mean, like 50, 60 story tall, like giant brood with all the drones, the queens. That's crazy. Uh, we've got a, a full on, like, the the brood want this damn egg and then brew screws them all and then eats it. And then, oh, sorry, as he's licking his fingers, I ate it. And we get a great splash page pulling away. It's not some prototypical stereotypical regular X-Men storyline where, where the it's, it's told in snapshots through the, through the battle as, as they progress the story of everything that is, is happening as if it's already happened. They're telling a story. It's already happened. And then all of a sudden you go back in time and all of a sudden, boom, he's eating the egg. I love the way they're telling the story. The one thing I really like about it, uh, and I think you'll really like about it is because the last page, let me pull it up, is a, Flipping, flipping, flipping. Is a it's one of those essay pages that I hated at first, but now I love. It's a it's a, the eyes of the Supremer. Re a report from the secret order of black judges regarding the creation of a weaponized slave catalyst for hive species, potential seed species. So huh. this is a this is a list of of people that the Cree are potentially uh, want to destroy and you know overtake. The Talbal Rei, the Sidri, Scatter, the Phalanx, uh, oh, Gnosis, the Phalanx, okay, yep, and the Brood, and you see, you see, like whether or not uh, them use, being used was useful. All of them failures, except Scatter, success minor. Phalanx failure for adaptivity because you know Phalanx they just assimilate, and then the Brood success major, and then a breakdown of why the Brood is going to be a great weapon, and. Dude, that's the theme right there. That's what everybody in the Aliens franchise is trying to do with the Xenomorphs. Yeah, Aliens. Weaponize them. Weaponize them. Ah, thank you for the X-Men 20 minutes. That was, dude, that was a solid bit right there. That was, that was really good material. And I'm not always fascinated by the X-Men, but because they're doing something that isn't exclusively... I guess it is... I mean, they, the Brood are an X-Men rogue if you want to call it that yep. so villains part but, of the villains gallery i guess so yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm. let's uh what do you got dude you gotta tell me about fantastic four marvel snapshots number two. Oh man this was a shocker i thought you know after the namor one which was really dense and it took place so far so long ago it was gonna be really tough i'm starting to see a, a, a theme here that i imagine will be a theme uh, in these books in that it's taken from the perspective of some ex-girlfriend. So when you go back and read the earliest Fantastic Four books, you are consistently running into the character of Dory, who is Johnny Storm's girlfriend at the time when, when he's 16. Or throwaway girlfriend. powers. Yeah, but at the same time, this is like, you never really forget your first girlfriend or, you know, this, I'm going to say this has got to be his first girlfriend, except that he had girls all around him, even when he was probably 14 or 15 or earlier. Well, 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 are we talking like, because, because you won't forget your first girlfriend. My first girlfriend was Holly, but my first love, virginity was Danielle. And like, I love Holly. I'm still friends with her. But Danielle was, I mean, that's different. That's a whole different thing there. As a, when it yeah, I first. mean, there's a whole how many how many different firsts can you have? You know, I mean, there, you can go a long way with that. To what to what end you actually remember the first of everything that happens with somebody? But like, I'm gonna say for the for the for 
for where the Fantastic Four began in the 60s, this was his first girlfriend. And so it's taken from the perspective of her mainly. Uh, anyway, so this is, uh, I got to say, fantastic job to up to a point, guys. Uh, Evan Dorkin and uh, Sarah Dyer, the writers. Benjamin Dewey, the artist. Uh, good job. Really consistent work. For, and this is a lot, a lot of work because these are some heavy books. This isn't going to the book. This isn't going to the store and, and getting a getting a, something regular off the up the shelf. These are kind of special, and they're heavy. Uh, Jordi Belair, color artist. VCs Joe Caramagna is the letterer. Alex Ross covers, and then a host of um, variant covers. And again, Kurt Busiek, curator, which means I hope that uh, going back into the archives of the Fantastic Four to find ways to maintain the continuity is what he's doing. Um, so this this book takes place more or less in, I'm going to say, 2003. And because it's dated very well, it's talking about um, uh, a Red Skull event that I'm not terribly familiar with. I'm going to say there's a dark period where I wasn't reading comics for a couple of years. Uh, I got really turned off by the whole clone saga. I wasn't spending my money on that. It was impossible. I just didn't, I didn't have enough of an allowance and I didn't have a job to make it possible for me to buy all of those clone saga books, let alone try to keep up with Dark Hawk, which was a diminishing return at the time or, or anything else that was going on that I was trying to keep up with, um, as a kid. And so the dark period, it all came back for me after September 11th, it turns out. And then I had some guys I was going to the comic book store with on my lunch break from a tech support job. Uh, and so one of the one of the cool things is this sequence of news reports on the first page of this. Guys talking about a Red Skull event, uh, missing Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, after this thing. And talking about how... Um, this is what I loved. Uh... Power Man and Jessica Jones, who are Matt Murdock, alleged Daredevil's bodyguards, fending off Typhoid Mary in New York City. I have that issue. I remember when that happened, uh, and that was an important issue to me. And uh, it's really cool to see somebody else pay attention to that and use that as a time marker. Because that was during the Bendis and Malieve run where Daredevil's identity was compromised. Um that's a lot of preface for just this issue. Then we see Dory getting ready for, you know, who is it? We don't even know who it is necessarily. It's kind of a surprise. She's married. She has, well, I don't know if she's married. She's got kids. Her dad is looking after the kids while she goes to her 10-year high school reunion. She's being met by a couple of reporters. One of them is a cameraman. And they are going to follow her to the 10-year high school reunion because she went to high school with Johnny Storm the human torch so before they get there they stop off at a uh, oh, they stop at a fantastic four museum this is all happening in what is the name of the town it's not glendale glendale it, it, it's um, not glendale it's in new jersey basically jersey. where where the uh, or actually no i'm sorry it's on long island in new york it's not uh I'll figure it out when I see it here in a second. But uh, or Glenville, Glenville. So it's a made-up town, and um, so the FF are prominent because they could because Sue and Johnny grew up there, 
And, uh, of course, Johnny and Dory were, were a couple in high school. And um, they go to this museum there and they meet the curator who was a kid that – he was a guy that knew Johnny in high school also. Everybody from around there knows about the Fantastic Four and – it's interesting because there's this aspect of it where people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, cool guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, he blew up my car one time, but he, you know, paid for it. Or, you know, he was a hothead and he'd get really angry about something and then he would catch on fire and some stupid crap would happen, but he would pay for it. And you get the impression that, you know, the Storm family comes from money. Then they go to the not-so-great part of the town and they visit Asbestos Man and bull i can't <laughs> and it's funny because man. dude this is really touching actually it it makes me think of uh the venture brothers and having all of these aged villains who used to fight you know jonas venture and how yeah. they used to try to capture rusty and stuff like that this is legitimately almost the same thing you've got a guy who was the who was asbestos man and he used to try to fight the Human Torch in an effort to prove to everybody that he was he had enough scientific prowess to be able to pull it off and defeat him. But then he also realizes, dude, I was a grown man trying to fight a 16-year-old kid. What the hell was I thinking? What the hell was any of us were any of us thinking? You know, putting a, endangering a kid like that. And then you realize, you know, we never wanted to kill him. We never even wanted to hurt him. We just wanted to show people that we could accomplish something. And they could have chosen a completely different direction. So this two-page, three-page piece in this book is really touching to see this old man who's clearly done his time or maybe he was exonerated or, you know... I, who knows? I mean, there, you, you don't know anything about this dude. I can't even remember if this guy was a real guy in like issue four or 18 of the FF or something like that. Or if it's just a throwaway. But it's fascinating because you have all of these people who are depicting what the downside of knowing Johnny Storm was. Despite the fact that they still love him and they think he's amazing. That and is... then. That's interesting because of the way they've been portraying him in the last six issues. When they go, to I that, know when they yeah. go to the when they when they go to the uh, world they were originally supposed to go to on their original mission when they got the cosmic powers, mm -hmm. and he ends up finding his actual soulmate, like more than wife, and that that sort of thing happening at the same time. I love it. I hope the people that are reading FF uh, realize. Uh, Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it, I really don't see it's too much of a coincidence. Bringing that into the fold, because uh, you can't really interrupt FF to bring this sort of story in. So you give it in a good one shot like this, uh, like what you're talking about here with the um, with the snapshots. It's great. It's it's fun. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's it's, there's there's a really wonderful piece uh, in the. In, there's a really wonderful page after that. It's a very Daniel Close moment, I'd say. The way it's drawn, or the way it's depicted, anyways. Um, and, like, seriously, the artwork is wonderful in this. It takes advantage of that real nice Starenko quality. 
Starenko? Kirby. That really nice Kirby quality from the early 60s Marvel. The you know, the the way people's eyes look, the way people the way people's clothes fit them. Their their um their body language is really well depicted here. Their eye lines, their eyebrows, just beautiful the way that eyes and faces are done back then. And and so I gotta say thank you very much. Uh let me go back and look at the artist here. But uh, uh, thank you very much, uh, Benjamin Dewey, for pulling this off because it really works. But there's a moment here where the uh, reporters are talking to her. And, you know, this is kind of a walk and talk interview and they're just pulling a lot of pieces. And, the, the, you know, like, well, what was the downside of dating this guy? Well, you're like, well, you know, you love Johnny Storm, but you get to the point where you're out kind of at war with the human torch because he's going to take Johnny away from you. Yeah, and... Uh, you're scared of things like what could happen to you, what could happen to him. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and quote this. I don't want to get in any trouble for reading this off, but I right. mean, yeah, well, I was lucky, though. I mean, reporters, we can do it. Uh, there you go. She says, I was lucky, though. I mean, think about that girl, Gwen Stacy. She was my age. That could easily have been me. I could have been the girl thrown off the bridge. I just that got me. That really just reached in a hand went around my heart and just squeezed it it just really hurts to think about that and to think about what anyone would feel and these are fictitious characters and at the same time i'm sitting here going like how many issues of fantastic four have i ever read that have dory in it i don't have those books necessarily i have the you've got volume that masterworks two. you've got that i've got yeah i've got the huge omnibus i've got masterworks but i've got the huge omnibus edition but it was it, it was number two because i was trying to get all the inhumans issues to read back when i picked this up that's the one i bought when i met tom kinney uh, voice of SpongeBob, by the way. Nice. So uh, that was it. Was a funny moment, but yeah, they you know okay, and they cut from that to Johnny flying in like a flaming you know dude and uh, showing up for the high school reunion and being a total douche. Like he's just hey blah blah blah. No, I'm going to talk to this guy. No, I'm going to talk to that guy, and not knowing who these people are necessarily. And you've seen all of these moments where we're. People have been, uh, you know, where people have been excited to see him, and it's just like, yeah, well, this guy went to high school with him, but his wife is super excited to see Johnny Storm, and this guy's like, yeah, well, I'm gonna hang out over here with my my dudes that I played lacrosse with or whatever. Uh, you get into this other business where the the reporters keep trying to talk to him, and he keeps blowing them off. So they go around and they interview all of these other people from the high school, and. Uh, so there's a really cute moment with this with this lady, and I'm going to go at it with this one, too. So this is Johnny, okay? He sees a homeless guy on the street, and he thinks he knows him. But the guy's got a beard and mustache, so he's not really sure. Now, most people would just go up to the guy and ask him if he's so-and-so, but this John, this is Johnny we're talking about. He just goes up and flame on, burns all of the dude's facial hair off. Hello! I mean, okay, yeah, it turned out he was right. It was the friggin' Submariner, but what if it wasn't? I love that! She, like, I appreciate the contribution of Kurt Busiek if that's what he's doing. Let alone the writers of this book, because they are paying attention to early, early stuff. That is how the Submariner came back into the modern, or the, well, the Marvel age of comics 
in the earliest FF issues to get him to be one of their antagonists. So just getting in there and doing that, it's just, it's fun. Then Johnny runs afoul of a, yeah, of a guy who is, um, who did two tours in Afghanistan and is really pissed that the FF and the Avengers and nobody else for that matter ever came over there and did anything. And And by that point, I'm getting, by this point, I'm getting to a feeling like, man, the downside of being a regular person in the orbit of one of these larger than life A-list superheroes could be just terrible, you know? And Johnny has to come up to him and read off this, this spiel that he's probably heard a million times done better by Reed and Sue. And he's probably just paraphrasing, but he gets off like really, really well, you know, look, I get it. Of course we appreciate your service in the military, but like we're civilians and, this is how we operate. This is what we're doing and stuff like that. It's really fascinating. And it just doesn't work. And then the DJ's playing all of these Johnny Storm-themed pieces of music, like feeling hot, 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 and the roof is on fire. And uh, what was the first one? It was really funny. Uh, when, when he when he arrives, he's playing, uh, uh, he's playing Firestarter by The Prodigy. Oh, and the lyrics are printed in this, which it's automatically beautiful. makes me wonder, is there a licensing issue? Like, is, would that get any, like, how did they get that quoting, to work? I, qu- quoting you know, something, quoting something as a quote is okay. Passing mm-hmm. it off as your own, not okay. Okay, if, roger that. If, if that's why it's okay to quote the comics, because we're reporters. We're not making money off this. We're We're simply discussing the content that we did not create and we've made it very clear which is why i always that's one of the first things we when we first started minefields we always give the credits make sure everyone knows oh yeah there you go well uh what it what it boils down to ultimately is that everything's falling apart and everybody's leaving early and it's not turning into a good time and i'm 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 like wow what else does this have in store for me and i'm really hoping that johnny's gonna like show up and walk dory home and and the reporters are going to get a moment with him, and there's going to be this really, you know, obviously there needs to be some kind of touchstone uh, in the in the in this story. And unfortunately, the reporters follow everybody, and they're all out on the beach, and they're all wearing sunglasses. And I'm like, well, this is obviously creepy. And then a bright light occurs and it's Johnny coming in with Lockjaw the teleporting inhuman dog if you know who I'm talking about and uh he brings the marshmallows and he lights a big beach fire and then he's like this is the real this is the real reunion well and Johnny's not a dick like he's good to everybody and he knows everybody's name and he knows who they are and what they do. And you realize he comes back and he visits with all of his old friends as often as he can when he's not in the negative zone or out in space or fighting the mole man or, you know, flying around Latveria. He's, he's, he's a good guy that everyone can appreciate and everybody's lives are wildly divergent. And that's that. And I was honestly, a little bit disappointed that that's how this ended. Well, I I wanted it to be what it was building up to be. I I, I gotta tell you, 
I'm happy with it because I, I think yeah I, I it, sorry <laughs> I I can appreciate that too. <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons why is because you might have forgotten that Johnny is too pretty for his own good and too good at things that he tries for the first time for his own good, and having that sort of perspective when you when you see he's not the arrogant shithead guy from high school that took advantage of you or beat you up or stole your girlfriend or didn't notice uh if you're the the girlfriend didn't notice you and he just moved on to someone the next day or the next week the fact that you get that coming back to him making him more human uh is important because that's what everyone loves about stories when it like when something fantastic that you can't be is suddenly you, you the human side is coming and like maybe i can be that whether or not i can't flame on uh i can still remember people who uh, I hope people read this and was like, man, there's like eight people I need to actually reach out to and not just ask them to be part of my pyramid scheme because I haven't talked to them since, uh, since <laughs> high school on Facebook, you know, to, to really to go into that. And it's, I, I'm, I'm loving that sort of character development, but I, I can see I can see your problem with it. I'm, I'm glad we're able to, like, have that balance. I just feel like it, 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 you know, it could have really I hate to say something like this, but it could really have, I guess, had the guts to turn it around and this was kind of a it was kind of a candy coated way to get out of what we were building up to uh but i i can i can johnny is an authentic good guy he's not he's he's not so self-centered as it seems or uh or he never would have made it this far you know it would have been amazing to see him be the bad guy like Ultimate Reed Richards turned out to be. Oh. We can't even go into that. It'll be a 45-minute spiel. That's a whole other thing, you know? And because I, you then, know, that's, that's a, yeah, because then, then we're going to yeah. talk about the maker, and then, then it's going to be an extra 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, like, in the end, it's a happy ending. The next issue is going to be about Captain America, <laughs> uh, as as evidenced by this amazing alex ross painting oh my gosh that cover that cover is suitable for framing is it, that's the cover is this turning into the type of series that we need to slave over the way that uh captain america white uh or was it blue do you remember all the different colors yeah, it was, like, it was Dare, hulk gray Daredevil, Daredevil yellow, yellow captain um, america i think it was white mm white it could have been uh it was uh spidey blue spider-man blue spidey blue damn that was just some jeff Loeb. Mm. tim sale jeff Loeb and tim, tim sale got some ma- major goodness right there yeah readers stuck at home if you like if you're not into marvel but you're still paying attention to us because we're doing our best uh if you don't like <laughs> marvel switch over to dc and look up tim sale and jeff Loeb, and then uh bon appetit uh, the long Halloween. Oh God! Oh, it's such oh a, God! Such yes, the long s- Halloween, and then the, what was the other one? Uh, the dark, dark victory. Oh yeah, mm. we're, we're talking like long Batman Halloween. stuff. That's Batman right there, guys. You want a gangster story? Oh, long Halloween. God damn, that was good. Um, 
we're gonna have to do that. Like we 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 that was one of the first things we put on our list of what we wanted to go over. Back, <laughs> I know it was uh, just a question. More, like more when we started ago. this out, like I was not uh, like things hadn't been going well for me for a while. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, where am I gonna find a physical copy of this and blah blah blah. And Especially, then we, so we were we were checking out things from the library like crazy. Special shout out to Matt Price and uh, over there at Speeding Bullet in Norman. Because when the uh, the new 52 was about to come out, if you invested in buying every single issue of the new 52, they promised you a gift every month. Mm. And the first gift, I remember Dan, like I came in and bought me, it was like Action Comics, Batman, uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Jonah Hex. Or I, I, I might be messing them, messing them up which ones I got in the first week. I'm like, hey, where's my what's my cool gift gonna be? And he's like, check this out. And he goes in the <laughs> he goes in the back and he hands me an absolute copy, the hardbound, uh-huh. the the one that's like got to be like 18 inches tall, hardbound in the slipcase, Long Halloween. And I was like, is this it? And he's like, oh, oh. this this is it. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's yeah, dude. I wasn't even a fan of their work necessarily. When I picked up uh, Dark Victory, I think really I saw that title and I was like, I don't know, I'll give this a shot. And got into it and was just bowled over by how good that story was. And then I realized I needed to read The Long Halloween. I went back and picked it up, read it, and then I read them in order. I Yeah, that's some good stuff. It's one of those things that's like Fight Club. I don't want to watch it all the time. Right. Because I don't want to get so used to it. And that's the way I feel about a lot of a lot of movies and that's the way I feel about a lot of books that I've got. Like I don't want to just sit there and read this over and over and over again because it will I I don't know, it just won't I don't know. I feel like re- when I revisit something years after the fact with a little bit more uh you know, meat on my bones and a little mm-hmm. bit more wisdom in my mind it's all a different story at that point, or there's just something else to pick up. Now, uh, which makes me think I should have picked up my Eastman and Laird Ninja Turtles for my son to read because he wants to read. He's been he's been watching Ninja Turtles on some whatever the new cartoon is, and and uh, he's really liking it. Now, before we get into that, I do have to say I would I would if I was him, if I was you, I would introduce him to the new uh, Kevin Eastman. Uh, IDW uh, graphic novels retelling the origin of, of the Ninja Turtles. It's, it's there's so many out there, and the the graphic novels are so cheap right now to do that. And then, okay. and then to give him the original Eastman and Laird, and here's the real story. <laughs> uh, number, yeah, right. n- number two, before I forget, Dark Victory. All 14 issues are on the DC app. Eight dollars a month, by the way. Uh, Let me go one step further than that. We're talking about it at the beginning of this podcast. If you're concerned for what's going on with your comic book retailer, phone them, and you want to read this, phone them up, ask them if they have a copy for you, have them bag it up, go by, and get it. Like, just because, you, you know, just because Diamond isn't distributing right now, that doesn't mean that they don't have a ton of back stock of killer stuff. And right now... If other comic buyers are, other comic buyers are thinking the same thing that we are right now, and what's the first thing they're going to do? I'm going to go back and get a copy of, of Absolute Watchmen. 
I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a copy of Marvel Masterworks, you know, volumes, this through that or whatever. I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a trade paperback of the Kree Skrull War but, or whatever. You know, all of this stuff that Marvel is leading up to with Empire. Yeah, yeah you're going to want to read that stuff. Now is the time to get a hold of your vendor and see what they've got. Go buy, get it, say hi to them, say thank you, say, you know, you'll be there for them. And then, you know, you can let that thing sit for three or four days and make sure it doesn't have a living virus on it. And when that virus is dead, you could read the book. They're going to have gloves on when they give it to you and pull it out of the Of course they are. Second off, uh, if you can't do the app, if you can't do the eight bucks for the DC app, again, all 14 issues of Batman Dark Victory, Victory are on the app. Um, if you can't get a back issue, your local libraries are still open. I've been getting text messages like crazy from Pikes Peak East Library telling me that I can still get books and how they're that's fantastic and how they can get them to me. Uh, just because they know uh, that this sort of isolation is not good for human beings, uh, despite that. Dude, this is all about morale. You know, yeah. think about what you said at the top of this. I agree. I know things aren't super hot for for everybody. And that's all we're talking about. We're constantly talking about it right now. That's why we've already we've mentioned it three or four times. If you're not feeling so hot about stuff, seriously, if you can go out in your yard and walk around for a few seconds, take a few deep breaths, you know, don't touch anything. It's going to be all right. I, I, you know, if you're really having issues, drop us a line. I will talk to you. Now, uh, you were talking about DJs and the Prodigy, and you know how much I love. <laughs> yeah. That's our band. That's, we, that's, you, you guys think, yeah, you, you know, you know, yeah. we love the prodigy. Yeah, you know, it's, we love the prodigy. It, there's a reason, and if if you guys know what we're talking about, it's pretty apparent. Yep. Now, uh, minefielders, movie quote, uh, minefielders. We walk through <laughs> minefields. Movie quote time. Uh, how did the DJ say it? And they specifically quote it in this particular issue of the Ghostbusters. Your one issue three, the Vankman issue. Uh, they pepper it with a... All these issues are peppered with... Like, there might be one line in the movie that just like, man, I really wish could, they had filmed that and put it in the movie. Or I wish I could have known the history of that. And, or, oh, dude, what, I or, know. Or, or see I'm what happened. Small. Now, the Vakeman issue is completely centered around... Like that DJ told the world, we mix it up with a pretty pesty poltergeist and then dance the night away with some pretty beautiful women. <laughs> really? That's what the issues focus on. Sweet! Is Vankman is, is finally given this report of the time to tell his story. And it starts out completely... All of the people that this woman is interviewing is like, uh, Vankman, he displaces. He, If he doesn't want to talk about it, he'll tell a joke. He'll, he'll, he will, uh, in some way distract you from what you're talking about and will not answer your questions. But he did answer her question in a way that, uh, was just from telling the story about the night that they went to the DJ, to, to the, to the discotheque. And, uh, and, and <laughs> the boys in gray. <laughs> yeah. The boys in gray, uh, written by Eric Burnham, art by Dan Schoening. Colors by Luis Antonio Legado. Letters by Neil Yutake. And assistant edits by Megan Brown. And edits by Tom Waits. Um, I did not get to read this one. I did not realize this came out. I did not see it. That's why I'm only... very... I can't believe I've got to sit here and listen to this. I'm only going to tell you... There's not going to be a spoiler on this. 
We get the breakdown. Dude, you can do it. Just hit me. No, it's not like I'm not no, going to read it as no, soon as we get no, off tonight. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that to you. Um, it, it, it does show Venkman as a human because he's told she's told that he won't answer your questions. The thing about it is, is he does answer your questions. You just have to pay attention to his responses. They might seem deflected. However, if you look between the lines, the answer is there. And mm. the answer is completely there. This is great storytelling. This is great Ghost Ghostbusters <clears throat> lore. It's considered canon. IDW makes sure the pages are those nice, crisp, beautiful pages that ink doesn't come off. And, and, and it's just that they smell, the pages smell really good. And we get the story of the, the pesky... Uh, discotech uh, poltergeist and what he was doing to these people and how they defeated it and stayed the night away to dance away with a bunch of beautiful ladies. And we get awesome. we get excellent insight into Venkman. Excellent insight into Venkman. I was so excited about it. However, the one thing and I love about this is that you would think that the Venkman episode issue would be the last one. The fourth one. Wrong. Uh, the reason why is because I've always known this since two years ago. <laughs> or since I actually became a young adult, was that the actual really interesting, uh, the really interesting uh, Ghostbuster is Egon, and Egon is issue four, and I and, <laughs> That's fantastic. and, and I, I obviously I think they did it on purpose because the new Ghostbusters movie is focused on the Spangler uh, bloodline uh, as uh, the the main protagonist from what we see from the from the uh, the the one trailer we got. Hopefully. We get it in some fashion. Like sh- shit, I'll sell out twenty five bucks to to watch that on YouTube. If we can't go to the movie theater to watch it, like hell yeah, that means uh, that that means five bucks for a bunch of extra popcorn we got at the store and a takeout pizza, and that's even better than because we got the big screens, we got the nice surround sound. We, uh, most of you do. If you don't, you've got your own system. Whether you're listening to it on your headphones plugged into your PlayStation controller, it's still your little bit of heaven, and um. We're we're gonna get through this. Um, the one thing I do want to go through pretty quickly as well is the new issue of the Immortal Hulk. This Sweet. is this is issue number thirty three, Legacy issue number seven fifty. I need to take a drink of water and get dry mouth. Um, <laughs> I just poured more more tea a moment ago. Is um, so within the past like five six issues, we've seen that the the Minotaur is back. He's controlling rocks and industries. If that name sounds uh, familiar, they mention it multiple times in multiple Marvel movies. Um, Oil Baron controls media, etc., etc., and it's controlled by a guy who's secretly the Minotaur, one of those old-school Greek characters like Hercules um, that isn't that popular but is still a Hulk villain, and he asks Zenmu to help him out during this giant battle that he stages in Arizona to uh, make the Hulk look worse. But, in fact, it actually made the Hulk look best because the roving gangs are wearing Hulk masks and, you know, Hulk smash spray-painted everywhere. And All of a sudden, the storytelling gets really weird because the, when the story... When, when he first takes over Zenmu, all of a sudden, the next issue is, like, everyone just loves Zenmu. Like, we've always known him. And really, you're like, what the hell is happening right now? And... <laughs> And you're like, why are why is everyone loving Zenmu? Why is he having drinks with the Minotaur? Why is he just such a nice guy? Why is he on TV? He's been on TV for years. I don't. I, all of a sudden, everyone knows who Zenmu is. And the the breakdown of this is that 
it's it's not one of those stories that you get the the end at the beginning. It's not the story where you figure it out the the secret puzzle at the end. Um, this is a story where it was an enigma wrapped in a puzzle wrapped in another enigma while the Hulk is still battling all the different uh, Hulks that are inside of him. Grey Hulk, Joe Fixit, uh, Hulk Smash Hulk, Original Hulk, uh, Smart Banner Hulk. Uh, they're all uh, Hulk that's still crying about his daddy Hulk. And his crew is trying to figure this out, but the Hulk is actually inside his own head led to the point in his mind where he figures out what's happening. Uh, and his guide through his own mind is Planet Sakar Hulk. That the the my one of my favorite Hulks, by the way, um, mm -hmm. is leading him into a specific place in his mind where he finds child banner watching television like like he's hypnotized. And that's when Hulk realizes who the Hulk is in charge in, in this head. That there is an evil entity in everyone's mind that has, through television and media, tricked everyone. That they like imagine that Pee Wee's Playhouse never happened, and all of a sudden Pee Wee's on TV all the time right now. And you're like, how do I know this? Did I grow up with this? And they're like, man, Pee -wee, I love Pee Wee, but Pee Wee never existed, and Pee Wee's an evil entity that just showed up and has been tricking you that he's been in your mind and you've been watching him since you're a child so you trust peewee and that's how everyone is watching this is they trust zenmu and they don't realize they don't know who zenmu is like he's just tricked them that they've been watching him as a child since forever and hulk huh. hulk there's a beautiful scene where hulk breaks out of of puny banner's body rips it in half like like out of a vortex and we have to destroy white demon and Samson, all uh, Rick, Rick, uh, Rick, um, Rick Jones, Rick Jones, uh, soup. They're all super powered. They're all gamma powered. And Minotaur is doing his best to to calm this guy down. And Minotaur is like, I'm hungry, and there's nothing else to eat. And like, no, not me. And <laughs> and they're battling through all these Zenmu possessed uh, people within this uh, the the Roxen building, and they're just destroying everything. And they get to the point where. Hulk destroys Zenmu and pulls back the uh, the Minotaur, like, rescues him, even though he had in no way deserves redemption. In no way. But the, the way the storyline was told, mm, fantastic. It was one of those things that I was a little surprised of how things were going because Immortal Hulk has been nonstop good since the very first episode. I mean, we're talking horror, we're talking sci-fi, we're talking adult themes. This is in no way Hulk smash. Um, this is a right on going into yeah. Hell. That's the be that's the best Hulk that it can be. Yeah, the one that the, the the Hulk that is exploring the dichotomy of his nature. I can't and all of those social oppressions. I can't think of a bad Hulk storyline in the past fifteen years since Planet Hulk, since uh, World War Hulk, since Rulk, since uh, uh, World War Hulks. Uh, everything's been good about the Hulk. We've got. Great painted covers. Uh, the the cover alone is, is just a gorgeous view of uh, Zenmu battling Minotaur. But before you re really even get into that, every page when you turn from the from the cover into the interior art, you get a quote. And this quote was, "I would rather be a devil in alliance with truth than an angel in alliance with falsehood." Yeah, Lud yeah, right on. Ludwig uh, Furbosch, the essence of Christianity. And that 
just it 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 pulsates throughout that quote pulsates throughout the entire issue the way uh, a quote from Joy Division pulsated through um, James O'Barr's every single issue of the original Crow. Always started with like a song issue, uh, song quote, either at the beginning or in the middle, to really resonate sure. to really resonate those chords throughout your head that this is what this is about, and um, it, it it just it just blows me away. I, I'm I'm so I'm proud to be reading this as like it's not one of those things. Where, where you're a writer and you're like, damn, I wish I could write this good. No, I'm just proud that it, it, I'm just proud that I'm reading something so challenging, beautiful to look at. It's not tripe. This is not regular Marvel. This is uh, who like the dudes writing this right now. Uh, I don't know who they know to get away with this right now, but uh, bless them or bless everyone for not paying attention. To the Hulk movies and why we're not going to get a Hulk movie for a long time because it's not a little lucrative. Um, because we're getting good content mm. here and we'll get something good later. Um, wow, yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're kind of at a place where I don't know if we need any more Hulk in the MCU. He's such a he is a staple though. He's it's a, he's a staple, you're, you're correct. But if Marvel did horror movies. <laughs> Let's do the Hulk. <laughs> That's what the next Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be. Yep. The, uh, it's supposed to be an authentic horror movie. Uh, tell me about uh, tell me about Archie Man. We got to switch. Uh, we got to switch. <laughs> we got to switch frequencies here, man. Dude, this this was an impressive issue. Let me start with the credits and then just go into it. So it's uh, cool. what is it? Archie uh, seven twelve number three of four. Archie and Katie Keene. Uh, okay, story by Mariko Tamaki and Kevin Panetta, art by Laura Braga. Oh my god, way to go. This is lush, beautiful pencils. The colors by Matt Herms, amazing. Lettering by Jack Morelli. Uh, this is just beautiful stuff. Like I've complained about in the past, one thing to keep in mind when you're reading the, uh, you know, you might be reading an Archie Digest or something. You're going to get your page count. But on this, these are short, short issues. It's just the way they do it. Um, <clears throat> the business in this one is that uh, Veronica, Veronica Lodge wants to take Katie Keene and the entire crew to New York to meet her fashion designer buddy. And get Katie trained and get her moving, like get her get her stuff out into the world, like it's a business opportunity. A, I look at this and I'm like, um, these are minors. There's no way they'll be able to sign these rights away. What what the hell is going on here? And at the same time, this stuff happens. I mean, it happens with musicians. It happens with artists and you know parents come in and they sign for things but whatever okay it's 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 freaking you know it's riverdale who gives a rip it doesn't have to be seriously realistic uh it it is what it is it's fascinating to me because you've got this you've still okay uh archie is still dating sabrina the teenage witch and he's upset that like his music isn't the talk of the town right now that's been going on the thing is you've got the whole crew getting ready to go to New York. And Archie's not excited about it. Because it's still... Either he's being selfish or childish. 
or it's just not his speed. And he's not ready to be there yet because he's, what, 15, 16, 17? Who the hell knows? what? I don't even know how old he's supposed to be he, in this. He, he seems like one of those dudes that's like 30 years old playing a 17-year-old in a, in a, in a CS, CSW, not, not CSW, CW uh, show. On a CW show, yeah. <laughs> I totally cracked up. I rewatched the episode uh, or the sketch that they did on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Um, it was Peanuts. As done with the Peanuts characters, uh, like it was Riverdale, and um, then the Riverdale, and at a certain point they just turn to the camera and they're like, "Yeah, that's right. We're sixteen. We're sixteen. Okay." <laughs> I don't know. I've seen two seasons of that show and I love it. I need to watch the third season, but I'm a little bit apprehensive right now. Uh, Okay, so the point of this issue is that they're going to go to New York and they're going to do this whole fashion business, right? The possibility exists. And, like, everybody's excited to be in New York except for Archie. And even Jughead's just kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's a little weird here. Um, let me tell you. If you like fashion, if you like comic book characters that are way too attractive for how old they are, if you like really amazing pencils and really amazing colors, this is it. Like, the fashion is over the top. What these characters are wearing, what Katie is wearing in particular, and what uh, Sis is wearing. I would kill to meet a girl that looks like Sis, but I'm really, I'm a huge Sabrina fan. I just love the Sabrina's look. There's a big splash, a two-page splash piece where they're all in their new outfits, and it's like, this is awesome. It just looks cool. Like, you would love to meet people that look this fun and poppy. And, but then, like, of course, Jughead's like, no, you don't mess with perfection. He's still going to wear exactly the same shit he's always wearing, and it's funny. Uh, so they get into the whole – they get into this dinner, and Katie is concerned about it. She, she says, you know what, – what they find out is that this guy is like, you need me, you need me, you need me. You need me to refine what you're doing. You've got a cool thing, but you need me to refine it. You have talent. Everybody has talent. You need me. And it's like, dude, what the hell are you saying? You're not saying anything. And uh, Katie gets up and she walks out with Sis and she's like, I love doing what I'm doing. I love all of it more than I've ever loved anything. But I don't ever want it to be something that anybody can take away from me. And that that became an argument in my mind for about an hour after I... After I read this, you know, they say some of the best thoughts you're ever going to have and some of the best things you're never going to capitalize are the things you're thinking about while you're taking a shower. Because I, I got I, you know, I read this issue and then I got in there and I'm getting cleaned up and I'm just in my own head thinking about this. And I'm like, you know, it's a product. One of the two, one, two, two of my favorite uh, musicians, Freddie Mercury and, and Sia said you know they they know that what they're doing was making a product and when they're done with it they're ready to move on to the next thing that they can make and it is there to be put on an album and enjoyed and in and of itself you're making money doing that correct or you get or somebody decides they want it to be attached to something to help them cash in on it well that's what how they make their money yeah you make you make an album to make money you you are advertising to the world, hey, I have created all of these songs, and these songs are available for you if you want to put it in a TV show or use it in advertising or stick it in a video game now. 
I can't tell you how many people have posted on the YouTube video for Blinding Lights off of the new weekend, the weekend album that they cannot wait. Like the video and the song compels them. They want that song in Grand Theft Auto so bad. And I think it's already happening. And uh, it's a product. Like it, you're selling a concept. You're selling a feeling. And it's the same thing with fashion. One of my favorite things about fa- one of my favorite uh, things I've ever read about the idea of fashion is that you should always be dressed as if you are going to meet your worst enemy, and that's kind of how I feel about it. I dress for what I've got to do, and that's my fashion. I am utilitarian. I'm showing up to work because in this because it is too damn hot to be wearing anything else. I'm showing up to wear to work to wear this because it is too cold and I have to be able to function on a movie set. And I want to have that energy. I want to have the layers, whatever. I think about it. So I'm thinking about this this young girl, this character Katie Keene. I'm and, and you know, this is high this is this is the drama. It's not high drama. It's the drama of the story. That she's going to say no to this and she's going to run away or whatever. I don't know what's going to happen in the next issue. Katie's going to decide, no, no, I'm not going to do what Veronica wants because Veronica wants to sell it. And yeah, there's that threat when you create art. We, You know, you and I concern ourselves with what happens if we lose ownership over the minefields. Do we get to keep doing it or do we uh, or what? You know, we don't know, but we're, we're willing to cross these bridges when we come to them. What happens to my book when I'm done doing the rewrite? What happens to any of the content that you generate when you sign a deal with somebody to help monetize your passion? Well, there's doing art for art's sake. And what good is that doing if... If at a certain point you're not putting it out there for everybody to experience, enjoy, absorb, and ingest, you know? I mean, in the end, I feel like I'm getting suckered into the the story, the content, the drama that they're generating. But it brought – but this is a simple – this is candy. Riverdale, Archie, these are candy stories. There's all there, it's it's amazing to me that I can draw so much substance out of them. So in essence they are substantial. They're not just candy because in the end it made me think about this stuff. It made me wonder for a while. But in the end I know in my opinion I'm writing my book to get it out there. I'm writing my book to hopefully make some money off of it so I can be more of a published author than I already am. And in essence, for somebody to come to me and say, hey, will you write this? Or, hey, we'll pay you if you've got – how many more stories have you got? We'll pay you to keep writing. Because in the end, that's one of the my, that's one of my dreams, you know? So – I'm looking at this character. I'm going. I don't know how old she is, but she's she doesn't she doesn't have the right idea. That's a harsh conclusion to come to, man. And I love how you got there. I mean, it's the same thing. It's I mean, you know, I'm in my 40s. I want to see my content get out there. I I know a woman that uh, I I did a did a job with like 20 years ago, and um, she wrote a book. And I'm not going to say that she has any talent but it's self-published and she still it's did a it huge she still did it because she worked at a convenience store and she didn't want that to be the only thing that ever mattered to her so in the end she got that book out there 
And she found a way to take a story that was true to life. It's a true story. And make it into a narrative fiction and focus on the woman's perspective. And I can admire that. Even if her talent... Even even if she isn't a refined author, which who's to say that I am? I'm doing a rewrite, you know? I wrote the thing, I edited it, it's readable, but I find it hideous. I find I look at that and I, I think I think about what Stephen King said. You you can look at, you see all of this schlocky BS out there and you just know you can do better. Well, Put up or shut up, because until you've actually done it, you haven't done anything. And I'm paraphrasing. That's more or less what he said. And that's the point. I've got to do the best that I can do with the material that I generated, whether or not I I keep seeing stuff and I'm like, oh, you know, somebody else has done this. Somebody else has done that. I don't care. Everybody's going to compare it to this and everybody's going to compare it to that. I don't care. Because in the end, at least I did it. And, you know... There are guys who are making a ton of money on selling the same tropes over and over and over again that we've seen. There's no reason why I shouldn't be getting paid for the same thing, you know. You will. So that's yeah. I I have absolute faith in myself to that. All it all it, the only thing stopping me is me getting the work done, and that's why I keep getting out, going to parks by myself. Sitting in my own chair that I brought, not touching anything, not sitting in the same park bench everybody else is par- sitting in. I'm not petting the squirrels, you know, and I'm just like hanging out and working on it for at least as long as it takes until I have to get up and pee, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. But basically, I'm going to start going up on this tall mountain up here where there's a hiking trail, and then I can take my snacks, I can walk off into the woods and pee, I can put up my hammock. And I can I can do the work there, and that 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 will that'll go a lot farther. So I got to change my method because I can't do it in the Wi-Fi, and I can't sit here deciding. Oh, I should make my bed. Oh, now I should clean my entire bed. You'll just sucker yourself into not getting the work done. But we have talked to, talked that point to death. So this is my point. Ultimately, I'm trying to make a product because I want to move it. Correct. I want people to read it, and I want to sell it, and I want the I want it to open the door to more possibilities for work. Somebody give me, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars to start writing on my next book as an advance. I would love that. And I know that doesn't come easily, but hey, you know, when you get there, then I'm gonna feel like I got there. Anyway, man, yeah. Uh, when it comes to changing the wavelengths, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like the new Ninja Turtles so much. Uh, we're talking, uh, yeah, one hundred four, written by. Let's see. Story counseling. Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. Script and art. I'm glad they're. I'm glad the. I'm glad they're still involved for sure. Well, uh, uh, Laird isn't in, involved in this one, but he's still. I'm glad that they're friends again. Uh, script and art. Is he collecting any money off of it? Is his name anywhere in the credits? Uh, no, no, not at all. Okay, carry on, carry uh, on, carry on. Script and art by Sophie Campbell. Kick ass girl. Colors by Rhonda Patterson. Letters Sean Lee. Editor Bobby Kernow. Um. God, it is so hard for women to break into the comic industry, especially when you are surprised that a woman did the art because so rarely do you see a, a good woman artist because a lot of times they do like cutesy stuff and uh, this is not cutesy. This was a woman stepping up to the absolute masterful work 
that has been done since the first issue of IDW's new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics since that started back in I mean, late 2009, early 2010. Um, the artwork is phenomenal. They introduce new characters. Um, yeah, you can say that some of them are cutesy, but not in the way that you're, where you're watching uh, Dexter's Laboratory or Powerpuff Girls, and you're like, wow, this is kind of funny, or pretty funny, but the artwork really sucks. Um, mm. uh, no, not the case here. Sophie Campbell knocked this out of the park, like Babe Ruth, or one of those uh, major league stars that was told some kid is dying and is only going to live if you hit three home runs. That was the pressure I imagine that she's under. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> that she's under in this in this sort of situation here because it's the turtles. It's just like how uh, when Ghostbusters, uh, the 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 one that came out with um, Leslie Jones, who I love with all my heart. Um, Melissa oh, McCarthy. 2016 one. Yeah, um, when it came out, and then and then I remember, I I remember, I can I consider myself someone that is very gender neutral because I've been that way for a very long time, but at the same time I do have some like stark walls that I hit, and the wall I hit from that Ghostbusters was girls can't be Ghostbusters. I remember like when you're playing Ghostbusters as a kid, like if a girl wanted to play, you can be Janine. <laughs> Like, yeah, it, 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 that was no. a sad fact back then when we, you know, yeah. that was just a mentality in the 80s. It sucks. I, I, I agreed. Yeah. But Miss Sophie Campbell shattered it in this issue. Wrote the script, obviously, in a little bit of consul- consultation uh, with Kevin Eastman. Um, however, uh, the, the, the thing that really hit me hard in this was remember in the movie when they all, after they think Splinter's dead and they all gather together after being sad oh, yeah. and, and, and messed up. At the campfire? Up at the campfire. And they decide to get together and meditate and they learn the last ninja uh, lesson they should learn. This one takes it to a whole new level. Splinter is dead. Splinter died in issue 100. And the part of the city that was mutated uh, from the gases that the mutanimals like, uh, poisoned everyone with were innocent human beings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundreds yeah. of innocent humans were poisoned and and mutated. And the state, the city of New York, rather than try to figure things out, they just walled it off that area. And so it's 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 like hmm. it's like a it's like a DMZ zone. And finally, the brothers get together and they go back to northern New York to the farm, and uh, they've got the the new. Um, the new uh, chick uh, Ninja Turtle that was mutated a couple issues before 100, and they get together and they rather than the we need to talk about stuff, uh, they get together and they just they let it happen organically and they do gather around a fire, and rather than talk about their feelings, they just talk about and and about how they feel about everything that happened or start crying. They realize that it's time to evolve. Rather than restart the foot, become the the, the Hamato clan again, uh, mm-hmm. what, what they're going to do is take over the uh, DMZ zone where the, the, the mutagen bombs went off and restore order and start training people not to fight but to protect themselves and to become a family and to nice. bring people together. And that is... It, it's it's what and like there there's a new character and I'll let you guys uh, get introduced to this person on your own. But the feeling I got was the same way, same feeling I got when we got the uh, the child in the Mandalorian. Uh, it wasn't 
a baby Yoda. It was just this perfect little being that had this essence that you cannot discriminate against. And we get we get a sense of that. And the the turtles are going in a whole new direction. And that's one of the best things about everything they've done uh, since they restarted Turtles back in 2010. Like again, 2009. I don't remember the exact time, but I'm still pretty goddamn close. Is that <laughs> is that we're going in new directions. We're challenging. Yeah, we're going to give you a couple little things here from back in the day. We get some Mondo Gecko every now and then, or or the the Manta Ray guy, or Mutagen Man, like that <laughs> that weren't really too prevalent in the comics or even in the show. But I remember like playing with Mutagen Man. That I have Mutagen Man. That that thing was that thing was rad. That was one of the coolest toys ever. It was this, it was this weird evil. It wasn't even an evil thing. It was just this weird toy. And uh, like, like, uh, did you ever? Do you remember the Toxic Avenger toys? Those were so. Oh cool yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. Man, the sculpt on that was top notch. He had, and I, one of the things I most appreciated was that he had one foot that was uh, like bonded to a a sewer, a manhole lid, and I was like, well, this guy's gonna stand up, okay? <laughs> yeah. Totally. And it was funny. There were all those little Easter eggs, all those little treats. Like you looked all over his body, and there were all those little things that were like stuck in him or molded but in there and stuff the, that was cute i agree what a great figure and 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 uh, we get a mystery shadow figure that the turtles don't know is watching we don't know who this human is that's in all black uh i love those little easter eggs as well but they're treating this in the sense that like you loved the turtles back in the day you're an adult time to be an adult and read some good adult literature within the pages of a comic format uh 28 pages type thing and if you're someone that likes the turtles and you're a kid and you don't know anything about it or just saw the TV show and you want to challenge yourself, this is, it's definitely palpable for them as well. Uh, definitely something that that there's going to be things that they miss. Um, but it's still all there. It's, it's, it was, it was a wonderful issue. And it, it, again, like to back in that same vein, when I was talking about earlier, how you don't ever see the X-Men except once a year when they're enjoying themselves. (laughs) <laughs> and, and we, we, we get a sense of that but they're working, they're building up they're not like, yeah, we're going to kick ass in the DMZ zone uh, the mutant zone, no, you actually see them working all day long and talking and interacting and being tired and then the the one thing that really kicked it for me was like well, uh, one of the new mutant gen chicks, she was like, well, we did a lot of work today, um, there's a there's a metal show going on tonight, I'm like, metal show? Like, what's metal? And, like, it's heavy metal music. And she, they're like, we can't go to that. She's like, actually, you can now. And that's where it kicked it off, where they get to, they, they get to go to their first concert. It's a, it's a shitty dive bar with real beer. <laughs> and they get to go, and the little kids can't go. And they, 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 they get, they put on their best duds to, you know, look as cool as they can at a heavy metal show without wearing, like, a leather jacket with, like, dumbass spikes coming out or something you know that's so quintessential boring and and no they, they show up as themselves and they, they go to the kennel club and they get to rock out and killer killer yeah the, what do they what did they what did they have a cool uh did they have like a costume or something no or something? no 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 no, no, no alopex is in a little black dress the the the, the, the female fox uh, the, 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 the girl, the, the girl tur- turtle, I can't remember her name. She's in like torn up fishnets and, uh, torn up, Hot. 
torn up boots that fit her with her feet, her, to- her toes sticking out. Uh, Mikey's just in a leather jacket and some jeans. Uh, Leo's in the back with like a uh, with a like a, a sport jacket on and some aviators on. He's feeling cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's feeling cool, and and it just ends with uh, you guys ready for this? Like it's about time to start really living life, and now it's something I think that we're we're about to do, and I think that resonates right now because, um, dude, that's awesome. I love that idea. Yeah, you're not kidding, dude. The X-Men did the same thing. You'd have that one intro to, like, it's probably the beginning of the entire uh, storyline. It's like, yeah, hey, it's everybody's hanging out by the, the beach. I remember that pinup of everybody hanging out at, at the pool. You know, Jubilee and Colossus, like, flexing their muscles. And, you know, these guys are over here lifting weights and, like, Rogue and... Uh, Psylocke sitting there like sunbathing or some some business like that and you're like whoa Rogue in a bathing suit like dude it's awesome when they do that I always always loved it when any anytime you'd get to see your, your favorite G.I. Joes or your He-Man characters or anybody just being like hey yeah no this is just what we do when we're not fighting Skeletor or uh, uh, Venom or uh, when you're in Mask or whatever the crap you know Dude, oh, dude, I love that. I love, I love the idea of Leo hanging out in that costume, and I want an action figure of it. Dude, it, it's just, just I'll, I'll post it on, uh, I'll post a screenshot of it on the, um, on our Instagram and Facebook. But just looking at, look at him walk in, like, like, like a group, like, like a, they're, they're their own crew. <laughs> That's not, awesome. Not ready to whoop some ass, but they're gonna have a couple of drinks and hear someone just belt out some kick-ass metal. Is there any point in any Ninja Turtle stories where they become understood and popular? Like, you think about it, if the Ninja Turtles suddenly became popular in New York, and that people were like, oh no, we accept the fact that they exist, and we understand that they are there, and we, you know, oh, I don't believe it. You'd have some people who were like, if you go back to like Spider-Man, they're like, oh, I don't believe he even exists. And then you've got other people who are like, holy crap, Spider-Man just swung by and rescued somebody. Or something like that. You have that business with the Ninja Turtles. And then you'd be like, okay, hey, well, they could come out of the sewers, and they could live in the above world. Is that, has that ever happened? No. No, it's never happened. And, uh, it's, well, I think we need to start writing for IDW, <laughs> dude. I mean, they, 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 even their My Little Pony stuff is good. I mean, everything that comes out, and, I, and uh, not that I'm a brony or anything like that. I, I've, I've checked it out just to see what. Oh my it was god, about. I forgot about that. Just, just see what it was about. Um, but it's, it's not bad. It, they don't put out bad content, like, and that people like IDW and Image are the ones I'm really hurting for. Dark Horse because. Uh, I'm, Dude, they I, have great licenses. They're gonna be okay. I, I'm, I'm like, I am glad though. I read that uh, the rumor was that Marvel and DC were gonna start releasing digital stuff until then. Yeah, and um, they said no, we're not doing it, which makes me happy because God, the comics ideology one, or I can't, I, I can't even remember that damn comicsology, comicsology one. Uh, uh-huh. th- th- they were thinking about doing some stuff, but you can't. How many people will actually have a an iPad or a, a tablet that they can rely upon to to actually shell out a couple of bucks for this sort of stuff, as opposed to like a six or three or five dollar comic book? Um, 
we we yeah, need we, there's the, that, the, but the, I mean, the physical thing needs to be in the world, <laughs> and that's what I've always loved. I think that's the crazy thing. Like it would be insane if they didn't intend to publish. Like let's say this goes on. Like hey, you know, like really, best case scenario, they release everything digitally for three four months and this thing is all all settled worst case scenario we're literally living in our homes doing everything like we're, we're being totally settled into this entire proposition uh until september yeah like i just i i honestly like everybody keeps saying it you flatten the curve if everybody stayed home for 14 days this thing would more or less take care of itself and right. that means absolutely stay the hell home. Forget it. Ex- expand it. 20 days. 30. Let's all stay at home and don't, di- don't you know, hey, yeah, no, I don't have to go get fuel. No, I don't have to. I got the prescription. I'm okay. I've got the food. We're going to lock in. You know, we're going to run around. I see all of these people all over the town when I'm driving to the nice part of town where the pretty parks are. And I'm like, I am so... I'm not jealous, but I wish I lived in that house with all that space and those garages where I could do projects with my tools and like, look at that yard. Look at that yard. Look at that pretty yard. I could just walk outside and sit down and do my typing out of the house, out of the distraction, out of the cleaning the dishes and like whatever's going to keep me from doing what I need to do, keep me from the writing. And it's like... You put the phone inside and not hear it. I can't put the phone in my... Yeah, yeah, I can turn the sound off, but I can't turn the, keep the sound on and, and like go out on the balcony and not hear it if the phone rings. Dude, we got to turn in. It's getting late. We still It have, is getting late. I got more books we, to talk about, but we'll I, save them for the next time. Yeah, we'll save uh, them. Let's do, a mini, we, let's do a mini issue for the last uh, six issues <laughs> we haven't gone over. Yeah, six issues. Holy we cow. I can't yeah. believe how much material yeah. we've got. Yeah, we're, we're oh, going to save Analog, Justice League, The Flash, Jessica Jones, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Road to Empire for a mini issue. Road to Empire, and yeah. For a mini issue, um, or just for, we'll just do it next week. And uh, since there's nothing coming out, uh, we are going to start doing our uh, the the original name of the the podcast was actually called the Long Box until we bought everything and then like the domain and then we found out there's actually a comic book podcast that in no way has lasted as long as us or has it good as content as us uh, that was already named that <laughs> we week. don't it, know we, we haven't been investigating yeah, that we had to you know, I just assume that we're the best um, <laughs> that's the way you should operate I, I assume we're the best but. Uh, the idea behind it was we're going to take uh, older storylines, uh, random issues, um, uh, cr- uh, creator focuses on, uh, and let you know how to find them online. And uh, we're going to do that until comics start getting published. But we've got six issues for next week. And uh, we had a lot of fun. This this is what we do. And uh, we want you to stay safe and I might have to brave the the waters on Saturday and meet up secretly with some uh, to do some wrestling content uh, with a couple of dudes um, for New Era and uh, CSW on Saturday night and um, gonna get some reassurance from the front first that uh, yeah for real just take your temperature you know yeah. and then don't touch anything yeah you can you can bring your own material honestly folks I seriously feel like yeah you're supposed to be social distancing but like you can set stuff up. 
and not touch anything. Yeah. You'll be all right. Bring your own chair. Bring your own microphone. Bring your own recording equipment. You you got to clean your your mic up at the end if it's yours for these guys. Yeah. You know that's what you got to do. But like, I I feel confident this this mic I've got. Dude, for real, we are always super hot about our mics. Yeah, we've got a great uh, mic. We both have the same mic. You put one mic up gorgeous. in the room, like what we've got, and you will be okay. Dude, you, that's, will, you will hear it all. One of my favorite things about this mic was uh, when I did uh, we did the first Festival of Friendship uh, with the wrestlers at New Era. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, like six people crashed the party when I just randomly invited them. <laughs> uh, I randomly invited them, and uh, uh, Damon Ace was like, uh, "I was uh, someone was like, is that one mic going to be okay?" And Damon was like, "No, I, I know that mic. We're good." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I know that mic. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> uh, I, man, I love you. Thanks for pumping me up. I love you too, man. I was gonna batteries. say, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody, seriously, you got issues, you got concerns, you got problems in your life. I'm not a therapist. I wish I was a therapist. I'm not. I don't have a license. I will help you. You give me a, give me a, give me a message. Uh, we'll figure out a way to do it. Uh, get out there. Contact your your comic book vendors and see if they've got something. Like, hey guys, what's it coming to? What should I be reading right now? They're gonna give you ideas. They're gonna suggest stuff to you. Stuff you've thought about. Stuff you've never thought about. If there are no new comic books coming out physically, they are. They have a you know a back stock of wonderful trade paperbacks and hardbacks. Help them out. They've been there for you all this time. Be there for them right now. I know you got bills to pay. It'll work. It'll work one way or another. Okay. Yep. All right. Take it easy, everybody. This is dangerous. Don't be dangerous. We're dangerous enough for all of us. Uh, what do you got, man? <laughs> this transmission is over. All right. Good night, everybody.